welcome back with us to the All In uh, Podcast, joined by a first-time guest with us, not necessarily new uh, in any way to our church, but joined for the first time on the podcast tonight. That is by Pastor Logan Creasy. Pastor Logan oversees all of our worship arts ministry plus all of our communication. So that means that everything that we do as a church when it comes to worshiping the Lord through our music, when it comes to worshiping the Lord through our media, and when it comes to communicating everything that we do for uh, do as a church from the website to the printouts you get, all of that is overseen by Pastor Logan and his team, and he and his family are just an incredible blessing to me, to my family, incredible blessing to our church. We're very, very honored and privileged to have him serving on our church as one of our uh, one of our pastors and a good and dear friend uh, to me. So we're so glad to have you. Welcome Thanks, to the man. podcast. Yeah, yeah, glad to be here. It's going to be fun. It's awesome. So we are talking this year about what does it look like to go all in with Jesus, His church, and His mission. And so what we're doing right now currently in the podcast is talking about what does it look like to go in all in when it comes to correct theology. And so we've had my... Dad on the podcast, so uh, a theologian, uh, PhD, Bible scholar, written many, many books. We have my brother on the podcast, an Old Testament scholar, PhD, and now we have Pastor Logan. Me, just me. (laughs) And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun today, what we're going to talk about, and really for the next couple of weeks, we really don't know how many weeks we're going to spend on it, just kind of see what happens. We're going to talk today, beginning today and for the next few uh, episodes on the doctrine of the church and all the different aspects when it comes to local church. So what we're going to do is a little bit different. I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Logan. He's really going to be moderating our discussion this evening, and I'll do the best I can to answer the questions yeah. that he has as we talk about uh, the church. So Pastor yeah, Logan, man. take over. Yeah, well, um, Tim, I know that you have uh, a deep passion for the church, the local the yeah. local church, the church uh, throughout history. Uh going to write on something dealing with the church Lord willing. with yeah. your PhD, <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, you, this is something that's near and dear to your heart, so I know you wanted to speak on this, and so it's it's an honor for me to be able to kind of interview you on these things. But first things first, you know, define for us what is the church? Yeah, so my definition would be a church is a local community of regenerate believers that are committed to teaching God's Word, observing the ordinances of baptism and Lord's Supper, committed to fulfilling the Great Commission, and then submitted to qualified biblical leadership. Okay, yeah. Well, there's there's the podcast right there. That's uh, that's all four <laughs> things I, I was going to do. No, that's really good. So walk through those four things really quick one okay. more time as we as we well, kind of I, I start, I start I start first with the definition of beginning saying they're a community of regenerate believers. And so that word right. regenerate just simply means they're they're born again. They're yeah. they're Christians. The best you can determine, the members of your church have a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. Okay. Then they are committed to teaching God's words. They're committed mm-hmm. to the scriptures. All this really comes from Acts chapter two, where it says the right. church was committed to the apostles' teaching. I'm just saying they're committed to the to the teaching of, of the God's word. Right. Second, they are committed to observing the ordinances baptism, Lord's Supper, both ordained by Jesus, given to the local church Baptism is our declaration of faith in Christ. Lord's Supper is our declaration of a continuing relationship with the Lord. And then they are committed to fulfilling the Great Commission. You see there again in Acts 2, God was adding to their number daily. Those are being saved. So I think in order to be a at least a healthy church, you've got to be a church that's committed to local, national, and national mission. And then finally, a church that is submitted 
to qualified biblical leadership. So deacons and elders that meet the qualifications laid out for specifically in First Timothy chapter 3. Right. Very good. So you also said a word in there that I want to unpack a little bit more. You said it's a community. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of weeks ago in your sermon, you made the comment, uh, the church is not an event, it is a community. Explain that a little further, possibly even going a little further on what the church is not. Maybe some misunderstandings, some misconceptions that we have in our society today uh, picked up over the, the the recent years, whatever that may whatever that yeah. may be. Explain yeah, I think further. the biggest misconception of the church we'll have is that the church is a building or at least tied right. to a building, right? And so we'll even say things. I pick up people at our church about this, but they'll say things like, "I joined at the old church." church okay, right. 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 What you mean was I became a member of First Baptist Douglasville when it was located right. on Church Street. Uh, it's not that you became a member at the old church. That was just the right. building where it, where it met. So that's one right. significant misconception. Yeah, we're, and we're always trying to say, you know, teach our kids not to say we're going to church, right? We're not right. going to church. We're going to the church building, or we're going to Correct. worship at the church building, you know, or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to break those habits. It, 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 very hard. And, and I know that people think it's, you know, maybe being overly strict or legalistic or semantics, but to me... Grammar is very significant. So addressing the church for what it truly is, a people, an organism, a community, not an event, not a building, it's significant. Because when you communicate as a building, then you believe, okay, if the building goes away, then the people go away, which we know from our own experiences with COVID, that wasn't true. We continued to exist, even though we weren't meeting in the building. Right. If you see it as an event, then you see it as something that you attend periodically or maybe weekly, but it's not something that's part of your the fabric and the pattern of your life day in and day out, right. and the church is to be that. If you see it as a place where I go to be served, yeah. okay, then it's not a place where I go to serve. It's a place where I go and I consume, and we have a lot of that, I consume all the goods that it right. provides for me, but I don't give back in any way. Well, that's not a family. It's not a community. Right. It's not an organism. And so yeah. really the church is to be used or is to be, is to be characterized as a family, community, organism, something like that, something that's yeah. living and active. Yeah, yeah. I think the two, the two that come to my mind is is one. The church is not a uh, a country club. Right. You know, it's not people that I have a clear affinity to. Everyone looks like me, talks like me, is on the same socioeconomic playing field as me. Right. I pay my dues to join this thing, and then I get all these benefits, right? right? And it's yeah. also, and I've heard you say this before too. It's not a restaurant. Right. You know, and and one of the one of the key ways, and this is just a bonus. One of the key ways to know if we are kind of leaning into a consumeristic Christianity is when we start looking to the church as a restaurant. Right. And if they change that menu mm-hmm. on us, uh, you know, we get upset, sure. right? Instead sure. of saying, "Well, no, that's a this is a family issue. This is a family discussion that we're going to continue to walk in," because what it really is is relationships sure. Sure. centered around Jesus uh, and, and for the good of one another. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's good to you know sometimes it's healthy to to not just define something what it is, right. but to help say, okay, here's some here's some misconceptions. Sure, of it. sure, and families change all the time. So just right. because your 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 parents choose to move you to a new state, you right. can't leave the family because they change, because they change the house you lived in, or they, the, the, your dad gets a new job, or whatever. Change, family changes, family changes happen in families all the time, right. and you stay connected to that family. And just so, we, just so we're clear, a lot of times 
uh, older people get critiqued, right, for not being good at adjusting to change. And But truth is, young people, we have our own preferences as well. Yeah. We have our own ways that we want church to be. And so oh, yeah. if we're going to be a family, all of us have to be willing to lay aside personal preferences for the good of the family, for the right. unity and the health of the church family. Well, man, I was with a, a young church planner uh, this weekend, and he was actually telling me that a lot of millennials in his church, mm-hmm. really young church, uh, and he was even telling me, uh, probably the median age, maybe our age, maybe even a little younger, okay. and he was saying that one of the issues that they're having the problem, the problem with most is this idea that uh, if I disagree with you on something, I'm just going to leave. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not going to do the hard work right. of relationship. Yeah. Uh, you can't, you know, your dad's still your dad, even though you yeah. you have an argument or, you know, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Brother's still your brother, yeah. even though you may fight. Uh, and you, you got to stick together and work it out because right. at the end of the day, it's not a country club. It's not a restaurant. And so it's really good. It is a community. I, I really like that quote. So so the church isn't a building. It isn't a place where we come to, you know, what Ed Sester says, get our religious goods and services. Right. But at the same time, you do emphasize the gathering. The Bible sure. talks about the church should gather, yeah. right? You you talk about that, you emphasize that, you say we play the Super Bowl 52 times a yeah. week or a year, and, yeah. and I love that. Um, so explain that. Why is the church gathering so important, both biblically, practically, anything? Yeah, well, number one, the word ecclesia may can mean a couple of different things, but one, it does mean an assembly, it means a gathering. So the word ecclesia is the word for church, the Greek right. word for church. So in the very etymology, definition of the word, it's the idea that this is a gathering assembly, it's a gathering grouping of people that are coming together on a regular basis, okay, number one. Number two, all throughout the scripture, it is clear that coming together on a regular basis weekly was, is people's way of declaring on a regular basis their allegiance to Jesus and their allegiance to one another, okay? Mm-hmm. Third, it's a way for us to come and to celebrate and remember. It's the reason we worship most on Sunday, right? Because we come together to remember and to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Fourth, the Bible tells us, do not neglect the assembling of one another. Why? Well, because when you come together, you are encouraged. You are held accountable. There is community that's happening. There's relationships being, being built, you, you need that time together. Then I have to say, last, practically, you know, all of us are running life a mile a minute. Right. And all of us have burdens, and all of us have pressures, and all of us have anxieties, and all of us have struggles and temptations in our life. Man, we need at least one time a week an opportunity to come together to block yeah. out the distraction of life, block out the, wrestle, the things I'm wrestling with, come together with like-minded people that have my best interests at heart, that love me, uh, to teach me the word, to sing songs to me, to have a smile on the face, to give me a hug around the neck, to just help me be be encouraged and uplifted so that when I go back out into the mission field, into the battle the rest of the week, I have that you know one time a week filling up of community right. around me. And so that's why it's important for the church uh, to gather and to, sig- and, and to make the gathering a significant pattern and rhythm of their life. Right. And I think it's Hebrews 10 that says, don't, don't neglect Correct. the gathering, but we come together to stir one another up, yep. right? There's something about uh, hearing our brothers and sisters sing and pray over us. And like you said, just hug us, hug our neck and, mm-hmm. and all these things to know that we're in this fight of uh, uh, living for Christ right. and this mission uh, of God. We're doing all this together in yep. community, this reminder, it stirs our affections for Jesus. Sure. And that's why we do 
what we do. It's why we sing. It's why we uh, we do all these things. So going to church is important, mm-hmm. right? That's been difficult throughout the past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm interested. Do you have any funny stories? What's your favorite story about going to church as a kid? Yeah, I think I've shared this one to some level, some degree. It's it's definitely made its rounds around the nation. My dad has used it many <laughs> times. Uh, my dad's a a uh, great preacher and been in ministry for a long time, so a lot, a lot of experience in his in his life. But loves to tell the story. Uh, when I was a kid, I just wanted to be like my dad. And so when I was a young boy, four or five, my dad really got into working out and exercising. And so one day he's getting ready to exercise, and he's in his room, and he undresses and gets his clothes back on. And I noticed that when he has clothes back on, his shorts on, his T-shirt and all that, he didn't put any underwear back on. So <laughs> I just made the conclusion as a little boy, I guess dad doesn't wear any underwear. And so Sunday morning shows up, and my mom gets me dressed, and I rush back upstairs, take all my clothes off, get dressed back on, but I leave my, my underwear in the room. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I show up to church, and I've always been kind of a confident individual, so I walk in confident. <laughs> I go in, and my teacher says, well, hey, Timothy, how are you doing today? And I said, I am great. I said, I don't have any underwear on, and my dad <laughs> doesn't wear any underwear either. And, uh, and of course, that's been an infamous story uh, for many, many uh, years. So I'd say that's probably my at least most infamous okay. memory of, of church, uh, for sure. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, but oh. for me, growing up, church was a, a great thing. My parents made it a a wonderful part of our life, and and so I have great memories like that right, from it. Right now, you've you've moved a lot because your dad is taught in different seminaries, yeah. finishing different degrees. Uh, you have moved a lot, uh, and one of the things, so I, just briefly, I want to talk about you know when we think church, oftentimes what people, if you ask someone, hey, what is your church like, right? What they'll start actually defining for you or explaining is what your service feels like. Yeah. Your liturgy is the fancy word for, yeah. you know, the order of the service and all that. Um, and, and, you know, and I've moved a lot of being a military brat as well. And I've, you know, it, you've noticed that there's things about every church that never changes. Mm-hmm. And then there's things that are different about right. every church, mm-hmm. right? And studying church history, I'm always fascinated with the many varied ways that the church historically has worshipped, has yeah. gathered, has done this, and you've kind of already hit this, but I think it's really important to to just kind of center in on what is it that makes what what turns a group of Christians mm-hmm. doing a Bible study yeah. into a church? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And and what are the things that maybe we can leave on the cutting room floor? Sure. Sure. That are maybe not bad traditions, but they're traditions, sure. not so much foundational for what yeah. constitutes a local body. Sure. You know, earlier we asked what define church. Yeah. What is it that actually uh, denotes a local body of yeah. believers? Yeah, great question, and definitely a question that's been debated and discussed for a long time. I'll, I'll use kind of a, a term or terms that are helpful in this. So. We use the term being and well-being. Okay, you're asking the question here is, is is being. So what does it take to be a church? Another question is what does it take to be a well-being church, a healthy mm-hmm. church? It's kind of what I defined earlier. This is what a healthy church is. So in order just to be a church, okay, to really be able to say, no, we're no longer just a parachurch organization or Bible study meeting or whatever. We're legitimately a, a church. There, there, there's different um, um, elements that people think are uh, essential, even mm-hmm. me and my, my Ph.D., 
uh, advisor disagree a little bit. I'm sure he's right because he's written on the church. So I'm sure he's right. <laughs> yeah. He probably knows better than I do. But number one, at least for us as Baptists, we would say, number one, that a church has to be identified by church, by correct church membership, meaningful membership. We call it regenerate church membership. So number one, in order to be a church, it has to be a group of people that have a shared belief in the gospel. So they are genuinely believers in Christ, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, to be a church, you have to I believe, according to the New Testament, observe at least the ordinances of baptism and Lord's Supper. You're practicing that as a community, as a body together. And then I would just say the third one, and I think if you have this, then you're you're at least being a church. I believe you have to, that's where he and I disagree, I believe you have to have qualified uh, leaders to be a church, okay? And I qualify the, the way I define qualified leaders would just be from First Timothy chapter three. Mm-hmm. So when you look at what does it mean to be a pastor and elder, and mainly it comes down to their character and their integrity. And there's only one uh, gifting that's mentioned: the ability to teach. And so, mm-hmm. under recognized qualified leaders, I think if you have those three things, then you can be determined as a church. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're. Uh, a healthy church if you aren't trying to reach the lost. And I don't think you're a healthy church if you're not preaching the Bible. And I don't right. think you're a healthy church if you're not discipling people in small group. But you can still technically be a church hmm. uh, without some of those things. I think you have to have at least those three things in order to be a to be a church, at least in that baptistic way that we would define it. Right. Oh, that's really good. So what are, <laughs> just real quick, do, do any uh, good old Baptist traditions come to mind that uh, don't fall in that category, because uh, <laughs> we always joke, right? You know, you know a Southern Baptist church by the way they eat, yeah. right? By the way they cook, uh, and you see this. You know, it doesn't matter what Baptist church you go to, you're going to see some of these same kind of traditions. Uh, and I ask the question in a joking way, but at the same time, you know, making sure that we're keeping the first things first right. and not elevating the preference, correct, of of certain things that can get in the way of mission, that can get in the way of community, sometimes uh, that can get in the way of family. Anything come to mind there? Yeah, I mean, I think there would be a, a probably too many to mention, but you know, <laughs> too many, too many, and any denomination is going to have them. But we as Baptists definitely we know them more familiar for what we have. But there would definitely be. Lots of what we would call traditions or preferences that people think, okay, no, this is part of being right. a church. And so, I first couple things that come to mind. Some would say, no, you got to have programming, right, right, to be a church. Well, no, they didn't have programming in the New Testament, and they were a church. Right. Uh, you got to have a choir to be a church. No, they didn't have a choir in the New Testament, uh, but they were they were a church, right? Right. And and um, you know, you got to have uh, you know a, a budget to be a church. No, so I think there's numbers of things that would be mentioned, and that's where we've got to keep the main thing. The main thing, you're exactly right, is, no, these are the the bare minimums that it takes, and then anything else additional that we can agree to disagree on, because those are man-made systems or traditions or ideologies that aren't part of what it means to be a true church. Yeah, and I think think one of the best ways, uh, if you're wrestling with that or you're, you know, want to learn more about that, go on an international mission trip. Go worship in a different country, in a different language. Mm-hmm. You know, you you under, you start to see really quickly what it takes to be a church. Correct, because they're going to be probably vastly different than that. You know, but it, it's not necessarily wrong to say, "Hey, here's the flavor of our Correct. church gathering." Correct. Right? Yeah. We do have a choir, and we love having the yeah. choir. Uh, we do like to eat. We do right. have some programming right. because we f- we feel like it fits the mission. Feel like it helps the body. You know, uh, but. 
making sure that we have the close-handed things, the close-handed things, right. and the open-handed things, the open-handed well, things. Well, you think about a church plant. So when a church starts for the very first time, I'm sure when our church started for the very first time back in 1875, they didn't have all the bells and whistles. Right. So you don't have necessarily a building. You don't necessarily have programs, really. You Mainly, you have people gathering together. They're having a Sunday morning service. Maybe they're meeting in homes. Maybe they're doing some community like that, and that's about what they have. Well, they're still a church, and so yeah. you can be that... And then, of course, over time, you evolve, and you you become more complex, and you offer more, and you have more things over time. But again, that is well-being, maybe, as opposed to being what it makes to, right. like, requires to be a church. So just real quick as we wrap up here, um, keeping first things first, yep. right? Uh, that That's, that's a, a given, keeping first things first. What do you want? What is your prayer and hope? Uh, for First Baptist, maybe to, to keep first things first. Yeah. You know, what is what do you when you look into the future for twenty years from now, for our our local church? What does that look like? What what ways in which do you want us to keep the first things first, or whatever? Yeah, I said this the other day in a sermon that we were uh, when we were looking at uh, Ephesians chapter four, mm-hmm. and we talked about what's a healthy church on a Sunday morning, and uh, we talked about. Um, you know, essentially in there, you know, Paul Paul makes it clear that we're to speak the truth in love, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's Ephesians 4.15. It's such a powerful verse for the day and age in which we are living, mm-hmm. and day and age where you, you didn't use this word earlier, but this idea of canceling, if you don't know what that word means, yeah. it just means if I don't agree with you, I cancel you, I leave. Mm-hmm. I, I break the relationship, right? And so we're living in this age where very little grace is given uh, on either side of the political spectrum or any side of... Whatever, whatever spectrum you're looking at. So for mm-hmm. me, I said this the other day in, our, in a sermon, uh, and, 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 and this is what I want for our church. So I, I want people inside our church and outside our church. So people within the, the church body and in the community. I want them to say, First Baptist Church, Douglasville, they preach the Word of God faithfully. Mm-hmm. They hold their biblical convictions boldly. They love one another as they love themselves, and they love their community like their own neighbors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I want people to say about us. That's what I want for our church moving forward. I believe that is living out uh, God's design and, and, and the commands that Christ would have for us. I believe that's living out the Great Commission mm-hmm. uh, and the Great Commandment as well. And so that's what I want for our church uh, moving forward. And I think our church has strived to do that since 1875. It just looks different in every generation. So I want us to continue with that focus moving forward. Right. So... Um... I know, I know one of your one of your biggest passions. One of the things you 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 love to talk about, study about, write about uh, the most is membership, and and it's so important to understand what it means to be a church member, yeah. what that looks like, how you become a church member, all of those things. And so next week on the podcast, we're going to actually sit down and talk about what is membership, why it is meaningful, why it yeah. matters. Um, and then even uh, hopefully spur some people on to say, hey, I want to I get in, get on board with mission. So, yeah. uh, Pastor Tim, why don't you just close us out in a word of prayer. Pray for our church family as they're watching this, uh, and don't forget to tune in next week as we look at what it means to be a church member. All right. Yeah, let's pray. Father, thanks so much for the incredible privilege that you give to Pastor Logan and to I, Lord, and many other staff members, uh, many other great people in the life of our church. Lord, to serve this wonderful church Father, to be part of a legacy since 1875, Father, to continue to make disciples by glorifying you, Father, proclaiming your gospel throughout the world. I pray that we are a church that is unified. Father, I pray that we are a church that teaches the Bible faithfully, Father, that holds our convictions boldly, Father, a church that loves 
one another as we love ourselves, the Father of Church that loves our community. And uh, Father, I pray uh, that you'll be with our church members now to engage on the mission that you have given to them. Uh, Father, watch over their relationships, their marriages, uh, Lord, their families. We thank you so much for Jesus. We pray all these things in his wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all so much for joining us, Pastor Logan. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. And we'll see you guys next week.